Hear now this reading from the second epistle of Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. Listen now for a word from our Lord. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire? But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't think it's any big secret that we don't like to wait, whether that's in a line or in a doctor's office or wherever we happen to be. I read recently that the Otis Elevator Company has determined that the optimal waiting time for an elevator is somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 seconds. Because by the time you get to 40 seconds, people become visibly upset. And once on board, the elevator antsiness continues as we wait for the elevator doors to close, right? Did you know that on average, it takes two to four seconds for an elevator door to close? And yet, in elevators all over the world, the paint is worn off of the closed door button because we're so impatient. And did you know that in many elevators all over the world, the closed door button is disabled Friends, it doesn't do anything. It's just there so we can poke it and think we're hurrying things along. No, it's no secret. We do not like to wait. So I don't think it's surprising that many of us spend this last week before Christmas doing the spiritual equivalent of leaning on the closed door button. We just want to get through Advent, close that out, shirt off that list, right? When to get to the 25th, celebrate and open our presents. But as tempting as that might be, perhaps it might be wise to take a moment and reflect back one year to Advent of 2022. A year ago today, we were lighting the third Advent candle. Can you remember that? Do you remember what you were thinking? Do you remember what was on your heart? Do you remember what you were wishing for a year ago at this time? Friends, if I had to guess, it would be for peace, hope, joy, and love. I think that's what we wish for every Advent. Peace, hope, joy, and love. The things that we read about on Christmas cards. And maybe some of us last year at this time too were just 
hoping to keep our head above water, to feel better generally about things, to feel closer to God, to truly experience the meaning of the season. So looking back a year, then the question begs itself, are we feeling any better about things this year? Are we better off spiritually this year? Are we any closer today to experiencing that hope and love and joy and peace that we long for? In the last year, have we grown in grace? You know, we have a lot of wonderful Sunday school classes at this church. And if you're not part of one, I want to encourage you to join one, perhaps in the new year. That could be a step out in faith in 2024 to join a Sunday school class because Sunday school classes can really make a positive difference in your spiritual life. And I think of the classes in this church not so much as just study groups, but as life groups. I mean, they really do life together. One of the largest classes here is the Swift Sunday School class. Swift has been together for decades, and they pray together, and they laugh together, and they study together, and they fellowship together, and they have really good snacks on Sunday morning. I have seen them, friends. But I'll go out on a limb and say that perhaps the thing that is most valued by that class is what I would call the realness of their fellowship. They're very real with one another. Now, there's a wide age range in Swift, and I'm just guessing here, but it looks like there are folks in that class from their 50s all the way up to 80s and even 90s. But you know what? Not a single one of them, not even the eldest among them, thinks they're done, that there's no room for spiritual improvement. And seriously, there are some people in that class who might be able to claim that, you know? Folks who have lived very long and rich lives who could say, well, I've been around the block a few times. I know what's what. Pretty good at this thing called life. But no. Every single one of them seems to understand that there's still a need for spiritual growth. So, as it turns out, they show up week after week, not just because the snacks are amazing, but for something so much bigger than that. Because every single one of them understands that there is still soul work to do. And friends, one of the functions of Advent is to remind us that we still have time for that soul work. Now, I want to be very clear here. In order to engage in that kind of soul work, hard spiritual work, it requires radical honesty with ourselves. It requires self-awareness. It, it requires us to look in the spiritual mirror, so to speak, and to take stock of our souls, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. That's necessary. But friends, keep in mind that Advent isn't about beating ourselves up. The primary message of Advent isn't about failure, it's about expectation. But when we talk about expectation in terms of Advent, we're not just talking about waiting for Jesus to come to us, 
are also talking about using this waiting time as a gift, as time to grow our souls, to do that hard spiritual work, to prepare him room to get ready for his coming. And I love the way the writer of our text this morning talks about this in 2 Peter. The words here are so artful. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Now, you could read this text as an announcement about the second coming, that Jesus is coming back at any time. And I'm certain, friends, that that's the way the early church read this text. I am. But perhaps... The primary point here is not so much about the second coming itself as it is that waiting time is not wasted time. It's the opposite. Our extraordinary God gives us this waiting time each year as a gift, knowing that we can use this time to strive to be better people, to be more faithful people, to be more Christ-like to open our hearts to be more like Jesus. You see, friends, Christianity is not a religion that teaches that you get, oh, maybe one or two chances to get it right. And then if you mess up, you're done, you're out. Like life is a giant game of musical chairs, and if at first you mess it up, you fall to the ground, and then you spend all eternity leaning against the wall. Now, Christianity teaches us that we're not bound by our past, that the future is open because we are a forgiven people, that there is always a chance to start anew in God, and that is a primary message of Advent. Every year, we have the chance to get it right, to try again, to use this waiting time well. Friends, the light of the world is coming to us again. And this year, we can prepare for it and even run on the way to meet it, no matter how many times in the past we've run the other direction or gone into our spiritual self-defense closet and slammed the door. We have the chance to do it right this year again. And God wants us to get it right because God is on our side God wants our success, not our failure. God is for us, not against us. God rejoices in the grace that we know and the grace that we share and never revels in our mistakes, but nurtures us and strengthens us and forgives us so we can try again. God gives us this waiting time as a gift. As ordinary folk, we can use it well because God knows it doesn't have to be wasted time that in fact, waiting time can be the most spiritually fruitful time. Now, I want to show you a picture this morning. Let's see if we can get it up here. There we go. This, my friends, is the very humble beginning of a Chinese bamboo tree. The Chinese bamboo tree is one of the most amazing trees in the world. You plant the seed of this tree deep in the soil and cover it up, and then the gardener has to water and feed it every single day or it will die. But it doesn't break through the ground 
until the fifth year. So for five years, the gardener waters and feeds this spot on the ground with no evidence of a plant. Then sometime in the fifth year, it breaks through and grows an astonishing 90 feet in five weeks. 90 feet in five weeks. Now, here's the real question. Does the tree grow 90 feet in five weeks or 90 feet in five years? And the truth is that it grows 90 feet in five years. Because all during that waiting time, while the gardener is watering and feeding that spot on the ground, underneath the soil, the tree is growing an enormous root system that will support its 90-foot height. But of course we can imagine what might happen if a neighbor came by to visit the gardener during that five-year waiting period. Hey man, what are you doing? Just watering and feeding that spot on the ground still, I see. You've been doing that a really long time. Conversation in the neighborhood is that you're growing a Chinese bamboo tree. Uh, okay. Is that all you have to show for it? Look, neighbor, let me give you a tip. You might want to spend your time tending to something that gives you satisfaction a little quicker. I've heard they have these things down at Walmart called a Chia Pet, and you can grow a mossy beard on a clay Santa Claus head practically overnight. Friends, imagine the harvest that the gardener would miss if he fell for the Chia Pet, if he saw that waiting time is wasted time and walked away. Instead of understanding that the waiting time is growing time. That the waiting time is the time necessary to do the work to ensure that the tree can flourish. My friends, the culture does tell us that waiting time is wasted time. We get that message every day. Just lean on that closed door button. Hurry up. Get to Christmas. But our extraordinary God knows that waiting time does not have to be wasted time, that it can be a tremendous gift. And so this year, I want to urge you to embrace that gift. This week, don't let it go by. Be intentional about how you live. Take time this week to honor that gift by receiving grace and offering grace. Honor that gift by loving your neighbor as yourself, not just in your heart and mind, but in your actions and the way you live in the world. Honor that gift by living honorably, being a person of integrity and honesty. Stay sober. Let go of jealousy and envy. Be a person of peace so that Christ will find you that way. For the patience of the Lord is our salvation. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for this gift of waiting time. May we use it wisely to grow in spirit, to grow in grace, to prepare our hearts 
to receive our Savior Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.